we were talking about a guide to biblical worship. Isn't it good to know the right way to worship? <clears throat> Isn't it good to know, amen, why we worship? A lot of times we come to church and we, we possibly don't know why, amen, the why behind the what and the who, amen, who we worship, why we worship, how we worship, amen. Those are very important questions, amen. And so uh, we, we started talking about the danger of worship, right? And last week I, I told you that worship, worshiping in vain is worshiping without purpose or results, amen. I told you it's empty deception. I'm to, I told you that sometimes people come into the presence of God and they're not quite sure, amen, about how to worship God, amen. But, but if I were to say something about worship to, to this morning, I would say that worship is a lifestyle. Amen. So how do I, how do I, I know that sounds cliche-ish, but the question is, how do I convert worship into a lifestyle? Amen. Make it a lifestyle. Amen. And today we're going to look at, I told you, Jesus, I told you last week that God has never been and will never be satisfied with heartless worship. Heartless worship is a major pitfall to avoid. Amen. And so we're coming into today talking about, amen, a warning from Isaiah. So we're going to go into my, my, uh, Micah. We're going to go to the book of, I'm sorry, Isaiah. We're going to go to Isaiah first, and then we'll go into uh, Micah. Well, actually... I want to kind of touch Micah for a minute. Micah chapter 6 illustrates um, some of the conditions of worship. Amen. Put my first uh, slide up for me on the screen. So give me that first one. Somebody read that for me. All right. And that's what I'm going to start with today. I'm going to start with Isaiah and how he talks about the warnings. You see what I'm saying? Isaiah is dealing with a people who are spiritually bankrupt, right? And, and I want to say this to, to, to everyone in this, in this church this morning. There are times in your spiritual journey, amen, where you start feeling a disconnection, amen, a dissatisfaction for where you are, amen. But it never changes what God never changes, but it never changes, amen, what God has already done for you. And so you have to always have what I call a recall. Now, the reason why I say recall is because if you ever look at scripture, you'll find out that God is always telling the children of Israel, think back to what I've done for you. You know, you know, that's a, that's a classic statement, right? Like, Think back to what I have done for you. Amen. I told you this last week. Many people today who are without Christ assume that going to church, right, keeping the golden rule will somehow balance, watch this, their favor with God. Come on, help me now. Amen. Even many professing Christians, amen, allow this pious religious routine, amen, to substitute, I said this last week, private devotion. You are a better worshiper. Come on, help me somebody. 
when you have spent time with God, not just on Sunday. Come on, somebody. But Monday through Saturday. I understand that life throws a lot of things your way. But the moment that we start lacking or slacking or not being intentional about our devotion, it affects our worship. Think about that for a minute. Remember I told you last week, there are times where I struggle in my mind to keep that focus. Amen. But what we have to constantly understand is that our devotion is just preparation for worship. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. So, so, so we're going to look at, uh, go to Micah chapter six for me. Micah, the prophet. Amen. Somebody say, where in the world is Micah? How many know where Micah is? Amen. Come on and find it now. Micah chapter 6. All right. And we have, if you look at the, the heading alone, what do you find? So I told you it's, it makes sense to start with the what? With the warnings. The Bible is our guide to worship. That is both what? Acceptable and pleasing to God. How do you know what to bring before God? Enter his courts with what? I'm sorry. Enter his gates with what? Enter his courts with give and. All right. Let me. Enter his courts with what? Enter his. I'm sorry. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with what? Give and bless his name. That sounds instructional to me. So the Bible is our instruction manual for worship. Are you with me? All right. So look at Micah 6. So we start with the warnings. Let's look at it. What does it say? God's a di- Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Read one for me. Woohoo. Uh, who's saying? Boy, that's beautiful when you hear the Lord speak, huh? Amen. Now, now you may get the idea that God is always angry in the Old Testament. <laughs> but that's not the case. God is like a parent, y'all. No, I'm sorry. He is a parent. And what all he wants from his children is what every parent wants from their child. Imagine going through all this stuff with your children. Raising them. Cleaning their snotty nose and dealing with them and bringing them up. You know what I mean? The best you can, right? By yourself, some of you. And then all of a sudden, they grow up and they become real rebellious. They just turn their backs on you. Amen. They just become the epitome of what you didn't raise them to be. Right? And and that's how God is dealing with the children of Israel. And he'll always do a recall. He'll always say, remember, I parted the Red Sea. Remember, I brought you out of slavery. You see, you would think that that would be good enough. But something happens in our hearts. What do you think happens in our hearts that makes us insensitive to the things that God has done for us and causes us to forget? Ungratefulness. What else? Pride. 
Hmm? Say again. Hurts. Sin. Woo, that's big. That's, that's the one right there. And if you, everything we've talked about links back to it's a little word that has a whole lot of power. Not sex, but sin. Three letter words. Starts with an S. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Come on and read for me. <laughs> to the who? Now, now watch this. God was a the the the, the, the writer is appealing. To the mountains and the hills because nobody else was listening. They wasn't listening. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. Watch this. So this is what you would call a courtroom scene. And they were now being indicted for their crime. Amen. This is this. The Bible is powerful when you look at it. It is it, a lot of stuff in here that you pay attention to. And one of the things that the writers do in the Old Testament, they paint pictures. Look, look what he said. Look what he says. He says, listen, you mountains to the what? Keep reading. Even with Israel. Told you that earlier, right? <laughs> what did he say? I brought you up from the land. Why does he keep, why you got to keep talking about what he did for me? Lord have mercy. Why does he keep saying what he did for me? Hopefully what he's done for us should cause us to get back in line. Come on and say amen. And sometimes we get thrown off. I get it. But something about what God has done for us should cause us to get back in line. We shouldn't have to go all the way before the judge. Come on, come on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. In other words, that whole scenario in verse 5 is how Balaam was trying to, the, the king was trying to get him to curse the children of Israel. But every time he opened his mouth, he would bless them. It was impossible for him to bless, watch this, to curse what God has blessed. And if you and I were to really understand who we are, no devil in hell can curse you. Come on, somebody. No one can curse what God has blessed. I don't care where you came from. If you are a child of God and you are obedient to God, it doesn't matter what the devil may try to get you in your superstitious mind to believe what God has blessed. No one can curse. And what God was doing for the people of God, he was trying to tell them, listen, y'all, I don't want much. But acknowledge what I have done for you. Read on for me. Verse 6. Mm -hmm. 
So now watch this. So this piece, so the, the imagery has changed. And now the people are answering. Now watch this. I want to give you something here. Go ahead. Stop right there. So here are a few things you want to write down. Number one, the nation was defending itself against God's accusation right here. By arguing that if God was not satisfied with what they were doing, it was his fault for not making the expectation clear. In other words... He was not, they were saying God didn't make it clear what he wanted. So that's why they were saying, should I bring a thousand rams? I mean, what else do you want? Oh my gosh, are you seeing this? They were saying, listen, God, what more do you want from me? You know, pastor, what more do you want? You want me here on Friday? You want me here on Tuesday? You want me here on Sunday? You want me here on Thursday? What more do you want from me, pastor? Come on and say amen. I got a life. That's what they were saying. They were saying, God, you didn't make it clear. Watch this. Their self-justifying questions. Watch this. Concerning how to approach and satisfy God. Watch this. Reveals both their false conception. Watch this. That external religion they were saying was not enough to please him that that external religion is just not enough to please god lord have mercy lord have mercy watch this watch this watch this they were saying what more do you want you want more and you want more and you want more watch this their willingness to stoop to heathen practices. That's when he says right here. Watch this. Shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts? Are you seeing this? You see the, the tone that they had with God? Lord have mercy. Look at the tone they took with God. They were saying, God, what more do you want? And it shows their ignorance. Not only of what God wants, but who God is. God wants you and I to live. He knows we're going to sin. He knows we're going to fall short. But when we get to this place, well, we're like, what more do they want from me? You can't get blood out of turnip. I want somebody. You know, you done told the bill collector that already. Amen. Let me say this. Because heartless worship is so offensive to God. It constitutes a dangerous impediment upon biblical worship. Read on for me. These people are a trip. Aren't they a trip? Are they a trip? See, when you read this stuff, right? How many many knew that this is what they were saying? See, if you don't have the context in the background, you don't know what they're saying. You just read the Bible. You just read the Bible like, oh, yeah. 
But watch this. Keep going. See, this is what God wants. See, they had the wrong idea. Keep reading. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop you. Stop. Read slowly. Do justice. Love kindness. Huh? That's what he wants. A lot of times we think it's more. We think it's so heavy. The weight is so heavy of what God is asking of us. Amen. Listen, saints, we have a privilege. Man, do you remember being lost? Huh? Where church wasn't even on your agenda. Come on, somebody. Some of you were saved, but you gave up on the church. Come on, somebody. You remember that? Remember that that portion of your life? Amen. Where you're like, man, I'm done with that. It's too much. But watch this. I want to show you something. A lot of times we can't come into worship because of our guilt. Hmm. It's the guilt that we're carrying around. And that's what was up with them. And then they want to turn the tables on God. How much do you want God? Amen. (laughs) Need to listen to this again. Watch this. So what I want to do is I want to focus our intention on the warnings. Amen. So let's go to Isaiah chapter one. Matter of fact, read on, read on, read, read on. Read on verse 9 right quick. Yeah, yeah. But this is what God wants, okay? So if you ever know, if you ever want to know what God wants, this is what he wants. Do justice. What else? Love kindness. And walk humbly with him. Listen, just walk humbly with God. Listen, listen. Pride can stop the walk. Amen. Oh, man, they want so much. But I realize that our church, we got some people with some real deep emotional issues. And if we don't deal with those emotional issues, we can substitute our spirituality and never deal with our, with our watch it, and spiritual maturity and never deal with our emotions. Why do you get angry? Why, why do you hold on and not let go of the past? That's an emotional issue. Come on, say amen. Amen. Why is it people, when people offend you, you can't let it go? It's things that happen to you throughout your life that you haven't dealt with. You, you think you're maturing spiritually, but you're not emo- maturing emotionally. So now you're basically a Pharisee. Amen. And it ain't no different than what they were doing. They were like, what God, what more? Okay, so I, I'm, I'm bowing my head. Want me to bring some more burnt offering? You want more? You want more? I'll give you more, God. But what they didn't realize, they were dealing with some emotional stuff that they didn't wasn't willing to look at. Amen. Right? Look what he says. Go ahead. <coughs> hmm. So, so you know what, 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 what God is saying now, right? God is getting into now 
the things that they were doing and what they were trying to get him to 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 endorse like oh yeah it's okay it's okay for me to do that you know a lot of people think like okay if i just give my tithe i gotta come to church amen you know if, if i just show up one day i'm good i'm good i'm doing i'm doing my part but the question is is it worship is it real worship see you being a body here is not enough is your heart, not just with the church, but is your heart with God. Now, you can't go outside and tell everybody that your heart is with God, but in his kingdom, you ain't doing nothing in the, in the, in the, in the aspect of worship and how you handle everybody else around you. Come on and say amen. Amen. All right. Amen. All right, put my next slide up there for me real quick. Take, take, take a picture of this next slide. What's the next slide? What I got on the next slide? Lord have mercy. I worked on this. Somebody read that. <clears throat> Woo! I sound like Bruce Lee. That statement alone is what? Loaded. <laughs> Amen. External religion breeds what? By making the what? What? So I'm showing up to the choir rehearsal just because I got to be here. But I ain't got no real relationship with God. I ain't got no deep relationship with God. I'm not handling my brothers and sisters the way I should. You follow what I'm saying? I'm still in the secular mindset. I'm still thinking different kind of things. I'm telling you, the Lord put me on this, on this track right here. He put me on this, on this street. And I thank God for this street because you know why? Just like we talked about when I was dealing with how to handle arguments for 19 weeks. That was an emotional thing I was dealing with, with the people in our church. Because a lot of us have that underlining. Can, can I ask you a question? For real, you ready? Ready for this question? What's underneath? You know what an iceberg is? What's an iceberg? Huh? Do, do you know how the, um, what's that ship, the, the Titanic ship? You know how, you know how it, you know how it went down? How did it, how did it go down? Because it didn't know what was what. So let me ask you a question. What's underneath? I know what you look like on the top. But what's underneath? What's happening there? Because a lot of times we're doing this. Religion. That's all this is. Sometimes it's just religion. And let me tell you something. With the emergent church arising, it's already arisen. Postmodernism. You know what, you know what the emergent church is? 
internet church. Where people don't think they got to come to church. They can do it at home on YouTube. And that's the emergent church. And it's taking, it's universalism. It's saying to people, you don't need to come into a setting like this to experience God. You can experience God with a cup of coffee sitting in front of your TV in your pajamas in the morning. That's how far we've come or how far we've drifted away from the Lord. Where we're making up our own way to worship him. Lord have mercy. Come on and say amen. amen. Isaiah elaborates. Go to Isaiah chapter 1. And we're going to deal with two verses here for today. I just want to give you these little nuggets. Bless you. Isaiah elaborates on the danger of vain worship. In the first chapter of his prophecy. Uh, his logic is faultless. He is what you call the prince of the Old Testament disposition of preacher. He, he's the prince of preachers of the Old Testament. That's what you would call him. And, and he addresses an issue that was going on in the covenant community. And God had given, you know what a prophet was, right? Everybody know what a prophet was? Huh? Okay, so you know we don't have no prophets today, right? I want to make sure you know that. And apostles. Just know that. Alright, God was giving a word and God would give a word to a prophet for that time. He would speak mouth to mouth with this person. And this person would record it and give it to the people. So what we just read in Micah, it was a prophetic word to the people that becomes our word for now, the timeless principle. So anybody that comes up to you talking about, God told me to tell you. I'm on camera. I'm going to be cool. Just say, no, thank you. I appreciate it. But if God's going to tell you, he should have told me first. Because it's about me. And an apostle is one who actually seen and walked with Jesus. The last apostle to be apostolized was Paul. That's it. Stops right there. So stop believing or listening. I don't know why I'm saying this. Okay, but I'm saying this to somebody. Now, I prophesy every Sunday. Come on, help me, y'all. You know why? Because I preach the word. That's, I have the gift of prophecy. God has given me the gift to break it down and to put it, give it to you. And that's why you'd be like, dang, how past know what's going on in my life? That's, that's prophetic. You feel what I'm saying? That's what that means. Now, I wanted, you, I wanted to clear that up because we can get a misunderstanding of the dispensation that we're in right now. And I am a dispensationalist. In other words, I understand how God rules in different time periods. Right now, he's working through the church. Amen? Now, if you understand scripture, you understand that he works through the what? Through the church. All right? Now, people say, well, 
what happened to that Ephesians passage? And he gave some as apostles and prophets. And you got to know the context to that. Amen. The context to that is that he did give them for the building up of the church. We are standing on the words of Micah. We're standing on the words of Isaiah. Amen. And that's how we build up the church. And the gifts that are operational today. Amen. Are teacher, pastor, evangelist. Amen. For the building up of the body of Christ. I don't even know why I went there. But I went there. Amen. You know, sometimes I try to get a little, put a little doctrinal things in there so that way you understand where we stand as a church. And then if you have, you say, well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, we can talk about it. In love. Amen. In love. Now, sometimes we've had people come to our church and they've done some prophesying and things like that, laying their hands and things like that. Listen, I ain't got no problem with that. Amen. But I'll let you know where I stand on that. Amen. But if that helps you, if that helped you, hallelujah to his holy name. If that's going to bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, and then we straighten out your doctrine, amen, and make you a sound biblical person, then praise God. Because God can save anywhere he feels like it. You see, God knows each and every one of us. He knows that inside of all of us, there's certain things about us, amen, watch this, that it would take to bring us in. Come on and help me, somebody. For some of you, it was, it was music. Music brought you in. <laughs> Amen. For some of you, it was somebody prophesying, I mean, prophesying to you. Amen. And then you just came on in. Are you with me? <laughs> All right. So, so it's okay. I don't argue about these things. I try to love people through their distorted lens. Hello, somebody. And then teach them properly what thus says the Lord. I was teaching this in my class on, on, on a couple of weeks back. And one of my students, her jaw just dropped. She's like, oh my gosh. Wow. Pastor, I didn't know that. You know, so it's real important that we pay attention to where we at now. Uh, Isaiah chapter one. Go on. Let, put up my next. Put, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. No, lead us right here. Read, read us right here. Right? Spiritual insensitive by making the worshiper what? Oblivious. So what does that statement mean? Decode that. How many can decode that for me? Ah, being more religious. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, oh, I feel it. I, I feel it. Amen. But watch this. But they're totally oblivious to their real spiritual problems. And their hearts are not softened towards God. You see what I'm saying? So, so in other words, we're more, we're more performing. We're like performing in worship. Rather than it coming from a heart. There you go. Just the external and not the internal is jacked up. It's like the internal is like. You know, the external's like, but the internal's like, man, I can't wait to get the heck up out of here, man. Goodness gracious. What time is he going to stop? He keep talking? Shoot, what? Yeah, you know what I mean? Dad, gone. <laughs> Two minutes. All right. All right. Forget y'all. Go ahead. Read verse one for me. 
I don't like y'all timekeepers. That came from inside. <laughs> Read for me. Next week, I'm going to break this down, okay? I'm going to break this down. Go ahead. Keep going. Listen, O heaven, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Stand tight and rear and brought up, but they have revolted against. <laughs> I don't know if that's Bruce Lee, that's something else. He's warning them that being Israelites, notwithstanding the privilege of being Israelites and the advantages, was not sufficient to make them acceptable to God. Put, put, the, next, put the next statement on the screen. I got one minute. Y'all is wrong for that. Read that for me. Can I tell you something? Buddha can't do it for you. Pookie Ray Ray and the crackhead can't do it for you. But Jesus. Listen. Israel's ignorance consisted in the failure to both acknowledge the Lord Come on, somebody. As, as the what? As the master. And to recognize him as the source and the sustainer. See, what happens to us in the midst of what we're going through? We forget who he is. Our problems become bigger than him. And we say, God ain't real. Unhappily. Israel's message to the, I'm sorry, Isaiah's message to the covenant sinners of his day was, was so much relevant, so relevant that it's relevant to us today. Amen. Now watch this. The would-be worshipers must learn the folly and danger of heartless worship and consider that the only cure to a heartless religion is a spiritual relationship with God through faith in the, with the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot say that we are truly worshiping. Amen. God, if it ain't coming from a pure heart. And oftentimes, that is so distorted. Amen. That our, that our worship is merely Something that we're doing out of. I don't want us to gather here no more. If we're not on purpose. 
Can you imagine if we worship like on one accord? We would tear these concrete walls down. Amen. When Peter and them was in prison and the church was at home praying, what happened? The foundation shook. Now you hear this cliche thing all the time, but do you think God can shake up your foundation before you leave here tonight, today? Do you think that if we come together on one accord with one heart, with one mind, with one soul, with one vision, hmm, to worship today, do you think by the time you get home, all that mess will just fall into place? That's what I mean metaphorically about tearing down the walls. That there's some things that you're worried about right now that God's already worked out. Come on, somebody. Amen. You were so worried about it. God says, if you just put your attention on me, I will worship. I will, I will work it out. But watch this. Understand that the Lord as master and the source. Can I ask you something? Who's sustaining your life? Who's the source? And if God is the source, you know what I think? And I'm done, as you. I think that we try so hard to manipulate God. <laughs> I really do. Seriously, y'all, we try to manipulate Him, and you can't. What's so hard about serving and committing to Him? What's so hard? The weight of the world, sin, and all these other things. But God has been good to us. Come on, somebody. How many of you can say he's been good to you? I mean, you really. Listen, you don't have everything you want. Amen. But you have everything you need. Amen. And, and watch it, and that's good enough.